Heard any good jokes lately? <laughs> nah, uh, man, let me tell you, this podcast is going to be a little different. Many things have changed over the past couple of weeks, not just in the world of podcasting, my world, the world of sports. The entire world has just been on fucking edge when it comes to this coronavirus and COVID-19. And this isn't exactly how I was trying to start this new show. Initially, after everything that happened with F2, I started putting plans together to get something going. It got to a point where things just weren't working out (laughs) because of, you know, the virus that has absolutely taken apart uh, not just this country, but the world. As things were going along, I just kind of figured that this is kind of the time more than ever to really lean in creatively. So being able to make chicken salad out of chicken shit isn't necessarily new to me, but this is definitely a challenge that I didn't anticipate. The original studio was supposed to be in, uh, you know, in Tribeca, set up beautifully uh, with video and camera, you know what I mean, uh, and audio. Um, I got Carl Lunds, who's going to be a co-host on the show. My guy Peach is going to be a co-host on the show. Uh, two of the best creatives who do a lot of stuff with Duce Palooza will be a part of this. But I figured the first episode should be just like this. Me and you, ear to ear, mouth to ear, whatever the fuck. I know I got a lot of questions that people want me to answer about the falling out between myself, Andrew, and Akash. But I'm here to tell you, if you're here to listen to some motherfucking gossip or some catty, petty bullshit, that ain't my style. That's never been my style. I wish those guys the best always in everything that they do. I have no ill will towards anybody. Does the situation suck? Of course it sucks. When you help build something for a long time and then the people that you help build it with don't want you a part of it anymore, of course it fucking sucks. But I've never been afraid to start from scratch. So we're starting from scratch right now. Hit the fucking music. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Say Less with Kaz. I'm recording uh, on a Friday morning. I'm quarantined right now. So is my girl. We're in Jersey, uh, just stayed in the crib, but you know, I think right now is an incredible time for creatives everywhere, just to kind of lean into what they've been doing, what their what their passions are, what their dreams are, and obviously this isn't the situation that I want my first episode to be in, I feel like I like to give people who support me and listen to me quality programming, and uh, I guess everybody just kind of doing it bare bones right now, so I figure why not just join in the fray, but I don't know, shout out to the motherfuckers that have been following me on Instagram Live keeping me from going fucking crazy (laughs) and shout out to everybody who's followed the instagram page say less with kaz you can follow us on instagram and twitter at say less with kaz all one word you can subscribe on soundcloud subscribe on itunes spotify youtube uh patreon.com slash say less obviously everybody is uh going through some things right now so until this thing really gets popping i'm gonna give a few free months away to uh, people who subscribe to the Patreon, the live version of this show, the version of the show that I really think people are going to enjoy for obvious reasons can't be launched yet. It's been weird. It's been tough. But for now, I'm going to do my best to give you guys a preview of what you can expect when Sailor's really takes off. So um, I'll put it like this, man. For the past couple of weeks, I've been working with uh, you know a lot of people. 
uh, good folks at Revolt. I'll be dropping some stuff for Cosm Effect today. Quarantine edition. I'll be dropping some stuff for SNY TV. Uh, just talking New York sports. And uh, I'll be dropping some stuff for Complex as well for pro wrestling because I think it's a really interesting time in pro wrestling right now, um, especially with everything going on with WrestleMania. But let's 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 kick it off, man. Let's let's get right into it. Number one, we got some NFL quarterback craziness going on. Uh, Tom Brady, obviously the first domino to fall. I feel like this is kind of like the summer of 2019 in the NBA for the NFL. You know, there's usually not a whole lot of free agent movement when it comes to the NFL. A lot of times it's usually pretty ho hum and quiet, and that's because you know most of the time it. it Comes with a lot of skill positions, a lot of defensive players, all that type of stuff. But for the first time in a long time, a lot of top tier quarterbacks, former NFL MVPs, former Super Bowl MVPs, a lot of former stars of yesteryear and, you know, quality backup quarterbacks as well have uh, taken a lot of the headlines from the NFL. So um, it's crazy. Tom Brady is signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and these guys have become the absolute favorite in the NFC South. And I think that's bullshit. I'm going to tell you why, man. A lot of people are talking about Tom Brady. And granted, he is the greatest quarterback of all time. I'll give him that. But you are leaving a situation after 20 years, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, one of the greatest coaches of all time, to prove what exactly? That you can do it without Bill Belichick? That you can do this without Robert Kraft? That, you know, you still got something left in the tank, Tom? Like, let me tell you something, bro. You ain't hiding that noodle arm from Mike Evans when uh, <laughs> you underthrow that dude. You're not hiding that noodle arm from Chris Goodwin. You know what I mean? Like, he got two 1,000-yard receivers, so I can't really hear no complaining about that. You got O.J. Howard, who's a stud tight end when he feels like it. Surprisingly to me, and this is something I found out yesterday, you know, and stats aren't really everything, but when it comes to, you know, net defensive rating, that's usually pretty telling. And Tampa Bay Buccaneers ranked fifth in the NFL. Fifth. Went seven and nine, understood. One of the most dreaded records you could have in the NFL. Because I feel like if you're seven and nine, you know, everybody's replaceable. The coach is replaceable. The quarterback's replaceable. Everybody's fucking replaceable. And obviously, Jameis Winston, who threw 30 touchdowns and 30 fucking interceptions, which, my God, one of the most impressive stats you'll ever hear in my entire life. Um, the shit is fucking wild, bro. I don't know if Tom Brady going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers does that much for his career. I don't know what else you got to prove, Tom. I mean, I get it. You got to be an absolute fucking menace uh, of a competitor to still have it or to still have people knocking down your door to play for you at age 42. And they're probably going to end up playing to age 44 this morning. He officially signed his contract. It's on Instagram. But I think Brady is, is, is fucking bugging right now, dog. Like... He beat the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, you ever play, like, fucking Super Mario or Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat and you beat the fucking game? And once you're done with it, like, you're done with it. You move on. You've done everything you could do. You've got all the championship rings. You've got all the Super Bowl MVPs. you got every fucking thing that anybody could fucking ask for. And goddamn, what still do you have to prove? Like, I mean, I guess when you're that great, and he is great, don't get, don't let my Jets hate fucking muddle anything that you think about Tom Brady. He is great. One of the greatest of all time. Probably the greatest of all time. But you got to have a little bit of that crazy in you to think after all this time, you still fucking got it. And I've seen those games. The Patriots won a lot of games. 
But not only is that noodle arm ain't really going anywhere, but the league's changed, man. You're staying in the pocket. That offensive line may be a little shaky. You can't really create on the run. A lot of quarterbacks right now, they're creating on the run. Lamar Jackson, MVP. But look at Russell Wilson, MVP candidate. Patrick Mahomes, former MVP and Super Bowl MVP. Aaron Rodgers, he ain't the fastest guy, but if shit gets real, he can get out the pocket. Tom, father time is undefeated. And the last thing I want to see is somebody with such a storied career, somebody who's gone above and beyond for one franchise. And it's a rare thing to see right nowadays, especially in professional sports when it comes to, you know, the free wildingness of where players come and go and all that type of shit. It's a sad sight to see when a guy that great feels like he still needs something to prove. It screams of Johnny Unitas in a different uniform. It screams of Joe Montana playing for the Chiefs. It screams of Brett Favre on, on, on the Jets and the Vikings. I just don't like it. And I don't want people to think I'm a hater, man, because I'm not. I always give dude his props, especially Tom Brady, because he's kicked the Jets' ass enough times for me to know how good that motherfucker is. But I got to keep it real with you, Chief. Like, I, I just don't see what you get out of it. It's Super Bowl or bust. And if you lose, it all comes down on you. But go for it, bro. Next question, obviously. Tom Brady's former team, the New England Patriots. In a weird way, I think Bill Belichick got exactly what he wanted. I think Bill Belichick is smarter than the average bear, obviously. He's one of the most brilliant offensive minds that we've ever seen in the NFL. But that motherfucker, you get him a quarterback that could fucking move. And watch what he does. Shout out to everybody tuned in on live. I'll be taking questions also. Um, talking to y'all. Shout out to everybody who supported the Patreon immediately um, off rip. Without even anything being put on there yet. Um, because obviously shit is fucking crazy. And we don't know when we'll be able to get into our regular studio. But until then, you know, I'll be here. Posted up in my office. Talking to you guys. Getting you guys involved. And, uh, yeah, let's talk some sports. Carolina Panthers post Cam Newton on the trading block and hours later signed Teddy Bridgewater to a three-year, $63 million deal. Teddy Bridgewater looked pretty damn good as a New York Jet in the preseason and looked even better as a New Orleans Saint backing up Drew Brees uh, when he went down with an injury earlier this season. So he was always looking to get some big money, man. And it's not like Teddy Bridgewater kind of came out of nowhere. He was a high draft pick coming out of college. He was somebody that a lot of people really believed in. He was a guy I was a big fan of coming out of Louisville. Now he's getting his opportunity to lead a team like he's always wanted to. You know, injuries have always kind of been a Achilles heel for Teddy Bridgewater. And now he uh, announced on Instagram that he is joining the Panthers. There's a lot of things that, that, that rub me the wrong way about their panel of Cam Newton. And Carolina Panthers, I, I, I've kind of got a beef with them. I wasn't really sure that the injury was all that was cracked up to be. There was rumors out there. It might have been his rehab and painkillers. There was those rumors out there that I didn't think was fair to Cam Newton. Granted, Cam Newton has always had his detractors. He's always had people that they really fuck with him. I always thought Cam was a stand-up dude. I was a big fan of Cam. I feel like he's a guy who I would love to have as my starting quarterback, not just on the field, but off the field. Even while injured, did his thing for Thanksgiving, giving away turkeys. You know, he's an absolute stand-up guy. He went to Instagram to defend himself. Quote, 
Stop the wordplay. I never asked for it. There is no dodging this one. I love the Panthers to death. We'll always love you guys. But please do not try and play me or manipulate the narrative and act like I wanted this. You forced me into this. Cam Newton, goddamn, I fucking feel you, bruh. I fucking feel you. I feel like I have been in similar situations in the past when you feel like you've given a lot to an organization and narratives and manipulation to make people act like you wanted something that you didn't want. But fuck it. Cam go to the New England Patriots. I said it. There's nothing more I would love to see than Bill Belichick with a mobile quarterback. And hopefully Cam Newton's healthy. I know he's taken a lot of hits over the years. And, you know, he's he's got his ass beat the fuck up like a running back. And if there's any place that I feel like he can go and actually be protected and be able to play quarterback and not have to do a million fucking things just to keep his team afloat, I really do think it's the New England Patriots. And I really do believe Bill Belichick could tap the best out of Cam Newton. His greatest coaching achievement We'll be taking one of these quarterbacks right now and bringing them to the cusp of the Super Bowl. He don't need to win the Super Bowl. Bill's set. Patriots are set. They're the dynasty. But there's nothing more that I want to see than Bill Belichick flip one of those picks and make Cam Newton your starting quarterback. The Patriot way is a real thing. I've had a front row seat to that shit last New York Giants fan. That shit fucking sucks. But God damn it if it ain't effective. God damn if that shit ain't effective. Todd Gurley recently signed to the Atlanta Falcons. I see Todd Gurley a lot. I fuck with Todd Gurley. If you listen to the Pandora playlist I do for Uninterrupted, I get to talk to Todd Gurley a lot, about once a month. Just talking music. Nothing too crazy. Todd Gurley's been in a fucked up position in the Los Angeles Rams. They went to the Super Bowl. He signed a big-ass contract. And uh, he's been hurt. The motherfucker's been hurt. Running backs in the NFL are almost like a pretty girl with a bump on their lip. <laughs> it's cold sore? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I trust that. Todd Gurley, you're a running back when running backs get hurt. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I trust that. Because franchises, especially a franchise like the Los Angeles Rams, who have just recently went to the Super Bowl and feel like they have a, a dynamo and a coach, feel like running backs are very replaceable. And at one point, Todd Gurley was the best running back in all of football. But the dude has looked like a step or two slower all season long. And I don't know if he was hampered. I don't know if he put himself out there to play when he probably shouldn't have because of that big contract that he signed. But he signed a one-year deal with the Atlanta Falcons. He's going home. And I feel like Gurley, with that pressure off of him, could do some things for that franchise in the NFC South, you know, who just let go of Devontae Freeman, another guy, a bump on the lip of a pretty girl. <laughs> you don't want to take that chance if you're a franchise. You don't want to take that chance if you're her boyfriend <laughs> or you're somebody who he talks to. But I'm wishing Ty Gurley the best, bro. Because I like him. Shout out to Rock Nation. But Ty Gurley, I hope you get right, brother. I feel like they did you wrong. But that's how running backs get done in the NFL. Here today, gone tomorrow. Thank God for the NFL, though, man. Because if it wasn't for the NFL, I'd be going crazy. Trying to talk sports when there ain't no fucking sports to talk about. (laughs) So far, 
We got winners and losers of the NFL free agency. We got Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Ravens, Colts, Cardinals, Bears, Texans, Falcons, Jets. Shout out to my guy Jake Salter. Yo, so free agents, winners, obviously. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You signed Tom Brady. Congratulations. The target is squarely on your back, and now it is Super Bowl or bust. Especially when you're hosting the Super Bowl at Raymond James Stadium. We've seen better teams with opportunities to go to the NFL Super Bowl and host it, not come through. We've seen better teams that had all the momentum and quarterbacks that weren't 42 years old have an opportunity to get to the Super Bowl and haven't done it. But I'll give Tom this. If he pulls this off, my hat's off to him. I feel like he's in a great situation. I feel like he's in the best situation to be able to continue to play winning football. And Tom Brady's good for 10 wins a year. Bet that. Even if he's got to dink and dunk his way around it, even if he's got to run play actions till the cows come home. But I don't know if Tom Brady's still got it like that, man. And if he does, my hat's off to him. Another winner, Amari Cooper, got paid by Dallas Cowboys. They didn't pay Dak Prescott, though. <laughs> Hit him with that franchise tag with Amari gets a five-year, $100 million deal. Don't know what the Cowboys are doing right here because reportedly they were still close on parts of the deal, but neither side was trying to budge on that length of the contract. Dak wants to be able to re-enter the market in four years. And at this point, he should. Dak Prescott, say what you want about the Dallas Cowboys. That motherfucker has done each and everything right. Came in and took an incumbent quarterback in Tony Romo. Took his job. Came in, did what he had to do from day one. Never gets in trouble. Always says the right thing. He might lose you some games, but he's definitely going to win you some. Doesn't make the big mistake. The one thing people got Tony Romo about, yes, Tony Romo probably had better numbers. Tony Romo could sling that shit. Had a lot of Brett Favre in his game. Really loved to let that shit fly. Dak Prescott, a little bit more cautious than that. And with Romo and the ability to let that shit fly, he could lose you some games. You know, he's seen you lose some games. And on top of that, it would always be the big interception that everybody would see. So a lot of times, I don't think he got caught a fair shake. But Dak Prescott was different. Dak Prescott wasn't a guy who's going to gunsling his way out of a game. Very careful. Gives it to Ezekiel Elliott. Once you got him some weapons, he could score as well. Gets it to Amari Cooper. Got it to Randall Cobb a lot. Got it to Cole Beasley a lot. Guy could spread the ball around. And you don't make that guy your franchise player? What do you know about Dak Prescott that we don't know, Jerry Jones? What is it about Dak Prescott that makes you think that this motherfucker... Isn't going to be around for the next 10 to 12 years. What is it about Dak Prescott that makes you think that in four years, he's not going to be a guy worth investing in? He's still in his 20s. So, Dak, make sure you re-enter the market in four years. A franchise tag, kind of a raw deal by Dallas, but it's a business. So, I hope you get your coins when you do. Whew, man. Arizona Cardinals. Another big winner, free agency so far. Got DeAndre Hopkins for a ham sandwich and some cheese bread. (laughs) DeAndre Hopkins went to the Arizona Cardinals for two and a four. But Stephon Diggs heads to Buffalo for a first round pick. 
Now, the DeAndre Hopkins trade isn't the one thing that's gotten people talking. The DeAndre Hopkins trade got people talking because of Michael Irvin. He went on first take a few days ago, and he said that Coach Bill O'Brien had to sit DeAndre Hopkins down to talk about his transgressions off the field. Now, what transgressions are you referring to, Mr. O'Brien? He said, and I quote from Michael Irvin, the last time I had to sit a player down like this was to talk to Aaron Hernandez. Nigga, what? <laughs> a dude that is on MySpace with mesquite shirts, toting guns, who is convicted of killing at least one person, and then himself. That's who you think DeAndre Hopkins is turning into. Because he has a few baby moms? Strange times you live in, man. I hope that's not true. I really hope that's not true. Because you got a franchise quarterback of Deshaun Watson who is one of the absolute best quarterbacks I've ever seen. Just a guy who just fucking gets it. Let's keep it going, though, man. NFL, the draft, with COVID-19 taking over, it puts a lot of sporting events, not just live events, but very important events in limbo. The NFL draft, only a few weeks away. We're supposed to do some stuff with the NFL draft. That's not happening no more, which sucks. But it looks like it's going to be a remote event now. But a lot of people can't scout. A lot of people can't do these interviews. A lot of people can't do things that they usually do when it comes to drafting the player. That's going to be on your team. But the NFL will still have the NFL draft. And what frame or what sense they're going to do that, I have no fucking idea. But this whole shit has really fucked up a lot of sports. And I guess we got the NBA to thank for that. It was about a week and some change ago that the NBA has fucking... It kind of felt like they were the outbreak monkey of this whole thing. Rudy Gobert, all-star center for the Utah Jazz, was the first player to test positively for coronavirus. Ever since then, players like Donovan Mitchell, Kevin Durant, Marcus Smart, Christian Wood, a lot of players have tested positive for this virus. Sean Payton, coach of the New Orleans Saints, tested positive for this virus. And the thing about that is, you know, which makes me pessimistic if we're even going to have an NBA season, is that we all know, hopefully, mostly these players will recover and be just fine. A lot of these players are asymptomatic, which means they didn't even know that they had this shit. You know, a lot of people saying when you get this disease, it's, you know, it's kind of it's going to feel like a light flu to you, depending on your immune system. But puts a lot of people in danger. The NBA and its superstar players, they're known as super spreaders, if you believe it or not. These guys are superstar players. Not only are they around a lot of people, they travel a lot, they're in planes. There are around thousands of people. They're shaking hands. They're kissing babies. They're taking photos with old people and young people. It's dangerous. So everybody's staying home right now, pissed that there's no NBA to watch. Every day it's getting worse with more things being shut down, more events being canceled. Fucking sucks. And it always takes a great tragedy and I guess a little bit of fear for people to really 
take into account the human spirit. I've been around a few people and you just see everyone just being a little bit more kinder to each other, a little bit more patient. Streets are clearer. No ships in the water, so you see fish in the water. I was driving on Route 5 in New Jersey. Stop, because a fucking school of geese had to cross the street. Not just a street, like a highway. Whole fucking highway. Shit's incredible. But I feel like once this whole thing blows over, it may not take a month or two. It may not take six months. It may take a full year for the country to truly recover from this shit. WrestleMania. Wale Mania. Sorry to say, guys. Wale Mania will be rescheduled this year. Uh, if you saw my announcement on Twitter, uh, it's a little bit depressing, given everything going on. But just off the top of my head, we've had a lot of people ready to show up. Shout out to Ricochet. Shout out to Leo Rush, Charlie Caruso, Bobby Lashley, Brett the Hitman Hart. My God, we have Brett the Hitman Hart scheduled to be our guest of honor. Incredible. Moose, Marty Bell, Smoke Dizza, MVP, Cedric Alexander, Scorpio Sky, Joey Janela, Chris Bay, Gorillas of Destiny, Rocky Romero, Josiah, Shane Strickland, Samoa Joe, Titus O'Neil. Shout out to all you guys. Wally Mania will be back and bigger than ever. I promise you that. Let's talk about WrestleMania, man. WrestleMania will now be a two-night event spanning Saturday and Sunday, hosted by former New England Patriot tight end and newest WWE signee Rob Gronkowski. God damn. Let me tell you something. In a weird way, this is something that I've been hoping that the WWE would have done for a long time. I feel like WrestleMania has outgrown the football stadium. WrestleMania has been in the stadium since, I want to say what? They did the Pontiac Silverdome back in the day, and then they started doing WrestleMania X7 and X8. They downsized for a little bit, and they've been in stadiums ever since WrestleMania 22. And fuck. I really think that they've outgrown stadiums. So here's my idea. You put WrestleMania where Coachella's at. You put WrestleMania where Bonnaroo's at. You put WrestleMania in the live festival space. Make it two weekends. Put it outdoors. And make everything, everything that goes on around WrestleMania weekend happen in one place. And really flex on motherfuckers. That's the next best thing. But this year... They're saying that most of WrestleMania and Raw and SmackDown will be pre-taped. And I think the WWE has a unique opportunity to do something really, truly creative and brand new that's never been done before. When it comes to their company, anyway. I feel like they should take a take a lesson from Lucha Underground. If anybody knows Lucha Underground, I'm a big fan of Lucha Underground. They've had guys like Shane Strickland, Ricochet, Taya. Johnny Morrison, all come from that company. And what separates Lucha Underground from other wrestling promotions is its cinematic in nature. The WWE has had their hand forced into something that they didn't expect, but they can create something completely 
and utterly one of a kind that is worthy of a WrestleMania type of pay-per-view. Now you're not going to get the, 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 the fireworks, not going to get the pomp and circumstance. You're not going to get the celebrities and the thousands and thousands of people in the crowd. You're not going to get that. But what you can do is make a truly unique and original cinematic experience that sets up for the biggest WrestleMania of all time next year in Los Angeles, in California. Make each match a fucking movie. You got time to do retakes. You got time to do different angles. You got time to get wacky with it. You can throw some explosions in there. You can throw some fake blood. You can make that shit into a real fucking movie. Go and watch some old Lucha Underground promos and vignettes. You don't think making Brock Lesnar into an actual Thanos-type monster creature with no crowd and dramatic music and Heyman talking his shit with Drew Mike McIntyre trying to be the conquering hero? You don't think that's going to be really fucking dope? Or how about the story of Shannon Baszler and Becky Lynch? Get them two in a bar fight, clear it out, let them go at it. The true main event, Edge and Randy Orton, fucking fantastic. It's going to be a last man standing match. It might start in the PC and have them go around the entire fucking arena, just tearing that place apart. And then you got the obvious choice, John Cena and Bray Wyatt. Now everybody was bitching and moaning about Bray Wyatt losing the Universal title to Goldberg. I wasn't totally against that. I didn't think that motherfucker needed the title. What I do think, if you remember the fucking, you know, Sister Abigail shit that they do with Randy Orton and all that shit, all that goofy, scary shit that they tried to pull off a couple of years ago at WrestleMania, now you got the opportunity to do it with a guy who can actually act in John Cena. That's the way you save WrestleMania. That's the way you get people interested. That's the way you really take the lid off of this shit and make chicken salad out of chicken shit. That's how you do it. Roman and Goldberg could be in a PC. Let him punch him one time and take the title off him. Enough of the farce. (laughs) And give Roman a goddamn blue belt. Music news. J Electronica Jay-Z, a written testimony, dropped last week. The good people at the Joe Budden Podcast. Shout out Rory. Shout out Maul. Shout out Joe. Joe said it's not a debut album. It's more of a mixtape. And Jay Elect and Joe Budden went back and forth. And, uh, yeah. I'm a guy who enjoyed the album. But not necessarily because of Jay Electronica. And that's probably by design. Because for about 10 years, and I think this is, you know, the rap nerd in me. J Electronica makes music for rap nerds. So you can't fucking fool a rap nerd, bro. So we had to think, okay, what is this guy going to have to do to get me interested in the J Electronica album damn near 10 years after Jay-Z and Natsu signed the Rock Nation? Well, you give us a Jay-Z album. That's what you do. And that's what he did. J Elect, Jay-Z, he had better bars than you, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Jay-Z toy yo, a fucking new asshole in this album. It's facts. I fucked with Jay Elect. I fucked with what he was saying. And I fucked with the album. But you know I was coming in to listen to the Hove. And the entire world was. Now I'm not going to call it Watch the Throne or Watch the Quran like motherfuckers was calling it. But I'm always on time for some Hove of bars, bro. 
Now, was it worth the wait? Yeah, I think it was. Because Jay Electronica told the story about the pen holding him down because of how heavy it was. And you can see the density in both of their lyrics, Jay-Z and Jay Elect. And Jay-Z is so fucking talented, still at 50-something years old, still wrapping circles around people. It don't make no fucking sense. I hope you appreciate this guy, man. I know it gets easier to talk about the NFL shit and talk about the extreme capitalism and eat the rich and all this bullshit. Like, just appreciate what we're saying, man. If there's anything this, this year has taught me is hating on greatness gets you nowhere fast, man. One of the most fucked up things that I had to come to grips with about Kobe was I was a Kobe hater for a lot of my life. I always respected his talent. I always respected what he, he brought to the table. But I was just a weird fan like that. Like when you're a fan, when you're a basketball fan, especially a Knicks fan, you're like, I'm Knicks and nobody else. And when it came to Kobe, of course, Kobe was one of the baddest motherfuckers ever. As a, as a fan of basketball, you appreciate Kobe, but you weren't a... I wasn't necessarily his biggest fan. I knew he was one of the baddest motherfuckers to ever do it, but like, I didn't really get a lot of joy and ruin for him because a lot of time he was busting my team's ass. <laughs> and I spent a lot of time denying greatness until it was too late. And that's something I don't want to do anymore. So that's why I go so hard for Jay-Z. That's why I go hard for LeBron James. Because when you see greatness, you got to appreciate it because one day it's gone... Just like that. And I'm going to end on this. I like to call this segment Say More. Right now, it's easy to put up a poor leadership and luxury. But in times like this, it shows the importance of having a backbone. And more so just having a decent heart with good intentions. Right now, our country's in a wild fucking place. That's because we've had poor leadership. And a lot of people have had the luxury of not just being... Rich, but being Americans, we're privileged motherfuckers, man. No matter how bad you think you got it living in this country, you would not trade it for 90% of other countries around the world. Our country's never been war torn, never had to deal with famine, never had to deal with a pandemic. Right now, our administration, the people in charge, have put us in a position where we can't necessarily trust them. What we can do is trust each other. The least damaging thing that they can do, and the act of dishonesty has had a higher cost on all of us as individual Americans. I'm just asking everybody to be better. It's easy to place blame on people or cast the rhetoric and Say this guy's this and your politics are that. Fuck all that. Right now we need each other. We'll get to that when we get to that. There's people in our world that aren't necessarily in the best way, shape, or form to defend this. So we got to be strong for them. Twitter's a shit show right now. Understandably so. And you got the president of the United States calling it a fucking Chinese virus. Which is fucked up. And the xenophobia that I'm seeing every day fucking makes me sick. Makes me fucking sick. Because every couple of years it's somebody. One year it's Muslims. Another year it's blacks. Well, all the time it's blacks. <laughs> Another year it's Asians. It makes me fucking sick. And it's easy to feel helpless. And it's easy to feel like that because our administration hasn't really done much to 
ease our fears and this inevitable wave of death that is about to come across this country all kind of feels like it's only going to get worse before it gets better. But it's really up to us as people to be around each other, to help each other, and do what we can do to make this world all right for now. I want to thank y'all for listening to this episode. Obviously, it's going to be a lot longer. There's going to be a lot more guests. There won't be by myself, so I know carrying a podcast all by yourself is a hard fucking thing to do. But this is just a, this is just a sample of what we got coming up. It's going to be a lot of fun guests. Shout out to Pete. Shout out to Carl, my co-host, that are going to be on the show. But I need to give you guys something to subscribe to, something to listen to while I'm quarantined, coronavirused out. I don't got the coronavirus. I feel fine. Haven't had a symptom. I'm doing my part. And hopefully, whether you fuck with this or not, you got a little something out of this. We're going to build this shit brick by brick. I want this episode to sound as bare bones, as minimal as possible. So in a couple weeks, when you're seeing the shit on videos, when you're seeing the clips being put out, when you're seeing the guests on the show, when you're enjoying the, 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 my co-host, Carl and Peach, shout out to my guy, Jake Salter, my associate producer, helped put together a great fucking outline for this. My guy, Kareem, who put together the social videos. We got Black Gold and Chris Records, two guys who produced the intros and outros to this podcast. I hope you appreciate the hard work we're going to put in to making this the best fucking show anywhere. Don't chase numbers, chase greatness, people. It's your boy Kaz. Say less. Say less.